0: Welcome back, welcome back. It's been a couple of days. We want to get a podcast out there. Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about the upcoming schedule for perks recap on the uh, over there on YouTube perks Recap reaction channel and also uh, another uh, New York Yankees semi rant and just some thoughts on the on the team at, at this point. Let's get to it. Okay, so back at it once again here we are um over on uh, youtube perks recap reaction channel there just letting everybody know that i will be reacting to some muse this week and it's been a little while actually uh, since i reacted to muse but i really like them they've become one of my favorite bands that i've discovered on the channel so there's going to be at least two muse songs this week and it might be three or over the next week because it's already right now uh wednesday so between from now till next wednesday i'm gonna get at least two muse songs possibly three i have some other ones i have to get to in terms of um donations and things of of that nature and uh things that people have asked for that i want to get to so i'll be sprinkling in the muse along with all those other uh reactions over the next week But, uh, yeah, I just want to let everybody know that Muse is coming back to the channel. It's been a little while. And uh, I love the numbers that they do. I love the songs. I love everything about the band. The band is is really good, hard-rocking, right up my alley. So after that, I got to get into um, the Jimi Hendrix chronological order that Steve Hannum has uh, been doing on the channel friend of mine, subscriber on the channel, gives me a lot of suggestions, Steve, and uh, he does this chronological order, if you don't know, kind of like the history of the guitar, and he put he's put together like three gigantic lists of just songs that I need to know if, you know, to really get into the history and, and how it, the guitar has evolved, and um, he put a lot of work into it, so his latest one is this Jimi Hendrix uh, list that I'm going to get to after this week. I'm going to get to the Muse, and I'm going to get to some of the other things that I, I have donations for, of course, this week. And then f- next week is going to be the beginning of the next set of songs that Steve has gotten us to. And again, they're Jimi Hendrix-centric. So I can't wait for that because I love Jimmy. All right, let's uh, let's take a quick let's let's pause for the cause here, and I'll be right back with some Yankees information. All right, and we're back, New York Yankees. So I said, you know, the season's been over for a while. We're getting a chance now to see some things. Everson Pereira comes up. Uh, getting his feet wet a little bit in the majors. And, of course, we still have... And Peraza also came up. And we still have Volpe up. So we're seeing some of the younger kids coming through. Um, The pitching staff is decimated, but they're doing something kind of interesting. Michael King has always been a favorite of mine. I think he's a really good pitcher when he's come out of the bullpen. They're stretching him out. And trying to see if he can become a starter and at the very least start from now till the end of the year because they're so decimated at pitching three-fifths of their pitching staff is not there right now um, well actually to be honest I think it's only two because Herman obviously is done for the year with everything he's going through legally and then Nestor Cortez is done for the year he got hurt Um, Rodon has been in and out of the lineup, but he's back now. And then, of course, you have Garrett Cole, the constant, the horse. And Clark Schmidt has been really good. I'm really happy for Clark Schmidt. Um, Young pitcher who we've heard about for years, kind of came up and was up and down and up and down and kind of struggled his way through his first two or three seasons And then this year, it seems like it's all clicked for him. And he's having a really nice year. I would not in any way, shape, or form be upset if Clark Schmidt is still in this rotation as a number four or five starter next year. That would be absolutely fine with me. I'd be cool with that. Big fan of his. And I I like to see it. I like to see a young kid come up and and succeed. Took him a couple years, like I said, but he's doing pretty well. So anyway... Um, and then you got Severino. I'm assuming Severino's not going to be back next year. So this really doesn't mean anything. But he's been um, he's been in the rotation this entire time for the, since the last time I talked to you guys. It's been a little while. And um, he's been just, he was god awful. I mean, he himself described himself as the worst pitcher in baseball. I mean, I talked about it with Jordan. I mean, there's somebody talking like that. You got to get him out of the rotation. You got to see what you can do to help him out. Um, But his last two or three starts even, something has happened. Something has clicked. He's turned it around a little bit and is actually pitching really well. Really well. So we'll have to see if that um, will continue to happen the rest of the way. And I guess, I'm assuming he's not coming back. But I guess if he pitches really good the whole month of September, pitches the whole month and pitches really well, they might bring him back. I could see that because he's not going to be expensive. He can't be. And, you know, maybe on a short-term deal, like a one- or two-year deal, just to see if he he can continue. Because let's not forget who Luis Severino was. Luis Severino was a really good pitcher. Uh, a really good pitcher. Borderline ace until the injuries hit. And then even when the injuries hit, when he would get in there from time to time, which wasn't that often. <laughs> he, he hasn't pitched much at all. But when he has gotten in there, he still was always the same. He was still pretty good. It's just he wasn't there that often. But then this year... Again injured, came back, and everything fell apart. I mean, he's had three good outings in a row now, and his ERA is still almost seven. So I'll tell you where his ERA was before that. It's like eight or nine, and uh, just, just awful. Every, every time he came out with first inning, four runs, you know, then he pitched a couple more than two more runs, and he leave four innings six runs or something like that, and he did that for two months. Just terrible. I don't know what's happened, but I'm glad to see it. It gives the Yankees something else to think about. And if Schmidt can be the four, the number four uh, pitcher, maybe Severino can be number five. But gun to my hand, I still don't think Severino's going to gonna be on the team. Just my thoughts on that. Just That's what I'm thinking anyway. All right. So I've mentioned before I listen to a lot of sports talk and a lot of a lot of people talking about baseball and football and all the pundits and things of that nature. <laughs> There's this idea out there now that the Yankees are going to are going to spend in the offseason. And it's not going to happen. I'll be shocked. The idea is the fact that the Yankees are in last place. The fact that one of the players on Tampa Bay completely dismissed them in an interview. Said it was a last place team playing against a team in contention. Um, Just completely brushed them aside and gave like an afterthought. Like they're not worthy of his time. Like basically disrespecting the, the Yankees. And even Hal Steinbrenner, who has been the problem more than anybody, in my opinion, even more than Cashman, that even Hal Steinbrenner in his penny-pitching ways, penny-pinching in terms of the Yankees, he does spend money, and he spends a lot of money, but for the Yankees, it's not what we're used to at the level we're used to. Um, and the thought of him always wanting to get under the luxury tax is something that we're not used to either. That's never been a concern of ours as a team, as a fan base for this team. Um, so I say penny-pinching, pen, penny but in reality, it's just trying to uh, stay under that tax. But regardless, there's this thought now that the Yankees, even Hal Steinbrenner, Steinbrenner, will be angry about this. And just go out and go bananas this offseason, signing everybody? Well, first of all, you can't sign everybody. There's got to be people to be had. And there's no one to be had, really. Cody Bellinger can be a left fielder. We need a left fielder. We're probably going to need two outfielders to be signed to be honest unless Pereira comes up and really hits and can prove that he can be a starting outfielder every day if not then we're going to need two but we need one regardless and that's Cody Bellinger that everybody wants he's left-handed he was an MVP a couple years ago but I mean he had such lean years That it's always going to be in the back of my mind That it's coming back And I've heard other people talking about how this year He's basically Been lucky More than anything And that's not something that's too appealing Because when he's bad When he was bad those two years in a row He was leading the league in strikeouts And that's the last thing we need Is another power hitter With a crazy uh, Strikeout rate We just can't stomach that anymore as a, as a fan base either um, Gene Carlos Stanton would be somebody you have to get rid of if you want Otani now I even if the Yankees are spending I have no inclination that they're going to sign Otani that's not something that's really popped in my head but but it is talked about so I'll talk about it for a quick second here Otani doesn't like the East Coast. He wants to stay on the West Coast. He's now injured with his arm. He's not going to be able to pitch the rest of this year and probably will need surgery, Tommy John surgery in the offseason. So next year he won't be able to pitch at all, and he'll just be a hitter. And because his arm will have that surgery, he won't be able to throw the ball in the outfield, which means he'll have to be a DH. And we already have a DH in Giancarlo Stanton. And, uh... He's terrible. When he does play the outfield, it's painful to watch. He looks... He's completely stiff. He's a terrible outfielder. He can't move. He's the oldest 30... What is he? 34? 33-34 in that range. He's the oldest 34-year-old I've ever seen. He's not athletic in the least anymore. And, um... Yeah, every once in a while, he'll run into one. But his batting average is like 200. I mean, there's nothing... I would love to get rid of Giancarlo, Giancarlo Stan. So, you're telling me if they want Otani, they're going to pay the $50 million a year to him. Maybe more if he says he's going to be able to pitch or whatever the case is, if they think he's going to pitch. So, let's pay him $50 million. Then... Probably have to eat the contract of Giancarlo Stan, which is another like 25 million dollars. So, you trade Giancarlo and pay for 75 80% of that contract if anybody will take him. And to be honest, I'm not sure if anybody will. So, you got to find a taker for Giancarlo, you got to pay all that money to get rid of him, pay all the money for Otani. Just to fit him in as a DH. And by the way, Aaron Judge needs days off and needs a DH as well. At times. It doesn't fit. It's not a good fit at all. So you might need two outfielders depending on what Pereira does. Pereira. Then you got first base is Rizzo. I don't think Rizzo's going anywhere. Rizzo's signed a two-year contract. So, he should be back next next season. Unless they want to eat that money. And I don't think they want to. Then you got second base. Right now, Glaber Torres is there. If you... There's rumors that they might trade Glaber Torres. But if they do, then you got uh, Peraza or DJ LeMahieu there. And the other one of Peraza or DJ LeMahieu will play third base. And you got Volpe at shortstop. So your entire infield, even if you trade Glaber Torres, is not set. I mean, it's completely set. I'm sorry. It is totally set. And there's not really any maneuverability unless you trade one of the kids, Volpe or Peraza, and Glaber. Do both of them. Trade both. And I guess that's a possibility. But you're, you're seeing what I'm doing here. I'm painting the picture for you of what's going on with this team. The fact that The fact that there's not a lot of maneuverability on the roster. They're going to go out and buy everybody. Who are they going to buy and where are they going to put them? I see an outfielder. Maybe two. But that's about it. I would love to get a new catcher too. So an outfielder and a catcher. A catcher who can actually hit the ball. Higashioka is the the starting catcher now. He's a backup. Even Trevino, who was the starter before Higashioka got hurt. Um, I don't think he's really a great bat either. But you can live with Trevino if he's back to the way he was a couple years ago. And he was hurt all year. And... um, Trevino and Higashioka, and to be honest, I know they like Trevino quite a bit, so I, again, see no reason why they're gonna go off of him, so I would be surprised if they get a catcher, and if they get a catcher, they gotta be looking for somebody with a lot of, you know, an actual bat, an actual hitter who can play the catcher position, and there's not a lot of those around, to be honest, and I don't see any that. Are going to be available. I haven't heard anything like that again, unless it's with a trade. Uh, but even if, if you, even if you trade, I don't know who you're going to go after. Who you're going to get? So I think catcher is a lost cause. I think that's just you're, you got who you got. So it's two. It comes back down to two outfielders, and what you're going to trade from the infield. Because if you don't trade anybody in the infield, and Parraver works out, the big spending winter. that I've been hearing about is going to be one outfielder, most likely Cody Bellinger, and I'm not excited about that. And that's it. That's the only addition. I don't think Boone is going anywhere. Well, I don't think Cashman's going anywhere. I think that's a lock. I got a feeling Boone, I, I said in the past that I think Boone might be leaving, but I'm starting to think Boone might actually be staying. Uh, they had a, a meeting with him, Hal, and Cashman and Boone. They had a meeting talking about the future of the team and the state of the team this year and what happened, how it went all bad and everything. So, basically, the future of the franchise. And if you're going to fire Aaron Boone, why is he in that meeting? To me, that says you're not firing Aaron Boone. Fans are gonna lose their mind if that's the case, if nobody's nobody gets blamed for this. But I don't think it's a big deal. I've said it before too. Geez, you fire Aaron Boone, all they're gonna do is hire another Aaron Boone. One somebody who does the exact same things he does, good with the media, listens to what they want, and that's what Aaron Boone is and that's all they're looking for so you, you get rid of him you're going to get another one probably somebody else with very little experience or no experience at all who's just happy to have the opportunity probably how Boone was and therefore will do whatever you say they're not going to get a strong willed uh, old school manager who's going to say I'm the manager I, I'm going to manage the way I want and you're going to And you're not going to have any input or your input will be considered. But it's not, you know, the be all end all, which it is now, I believe. So anyway, that's that. That's the that's the podcast. Want to get one out there. It's been a little bit. uh, The next one, we're going to have more football stuff coming up for sure. Excited about that. I am so ready for the NFL season, but uh, that's going to do it. Um, Yeah. Until next time, I will see you later.